Hey there, and welcome to the She Calls Her Shots podcast. Every week we chat through different business building topics that will help you gain clarity around your goals, find inspiration in your journey, and also help you create a life and a business that you love. My name is Krista and I'm a wedding and brand photographer and your go-to no-fluff business coach. In these episodes, we talk through both the tactical strategies, habits, and the mindset work that'll help you take those really big leaps. And we always focus on the real talk and the behind the scenes of what it takes to create a sustainable and a thriving business. Because let's be honest, the work isn't always glamorous, but it's always worth it. So girlfriend, let's make some moves and start calling our own shots. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the She Calls Her Shots podcast. You guys, I, real talk, I'm really excited for this episode with Ellen today because we are talking through CEO care and like just self-care as a business owner. And the thing that I love is that Ellen, uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit, but she actually was an opera singer turned certified life coach. And one of the things that has been so crucial in all aspects of her business was making sure that she was taking care of herself. As an opera singer, obviously you have to like physically take care of your health and your voice, right? Like that is your entire job. As a coach, you have to make sure that you are taking care of your wellness and your mental health. And so we're really diving into all of the different aspects of how we can make sure as the CEO in our business that we are taking care of ourselves. And so Ellen is actually a former opera singer turned certified life coach, and she helps creative business owners find deep personal wholeness and fulfillment and grow thriving relationships that self-honor and that achieve extraordinary results. And in addition to her private practice, Ellen is also the founder of the Powerhouse Entrepreneur Program, which is a transformational mastermind for creative entrepreneurs. But after a 10-year performing career that took her everywhere from Lincoln Center, the Kimmel Center, Italy, Australia, Ellen really turned her side passion for helping artists stay healthy and mindful into a multi-six-figure coaching company. And when she isn't working on or in her business, she's also an as-seen-on-TV Airbnb host, an interior design DIYer, a husky mom, an avid traveler, and a bookworm. But truthfully, the thing that I'm really excited about today is that we are going through very tactical strategies that you can use to help keep your mental health in check, to help keep your physical health in check. And of course, I one of the things that we talk about is the importance of getting help, right? And just recognizing that we cannot do all of this on our own. And so I just want to preface this episode with if this message resonates with you, if you feel like you need that additional support, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a coach, I highly recommend doing some research and reaching out to someone to see if they can help support you and provide you with the assistance and the accountability and just the space that you need to feel like you can show up fully as your most authentic and, you know, the the best version of yourself. And so I'm really excited about this conversation today. And with all of that being said, let's just go ahead and dive into our call with Ellen. Hello, Ellen. Welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, and I'm excited for what we're going to chat about today because I think that 
we always talk about in like every business owner has seasons. We go through seasons of mm-hmm. hustle, you know, as much as I don't really love hustle. It's like, we always inevitably kind of have some seasons of hustle. Yeah. We have some seasons that are like a little bit more downtime, but I think it's so important to like learn how to start embedding those like ways of like taking care of yourself as like a business owner, but also just as like a human being who like has needs. And, um, like, I think it like helps better equip us for each of those seasons. So I'm excited for this topic today because I feel like every single listener today is going to be able to take away something really big and to be able to relate to it. Amazing. Yes. Human first business owner second. (laughs) Yes. And they have to kind of intertwine because they all overlap. Yes, totally. So, um, yeah. So I guess before we dive into too much, um, into the episode, I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about who you are, um, like help us get to know you a little bit. Um, absolutely. So, um, I am Ellen. (laughs) I am from the South originally kind of bopped all over between Florida and Virginia. And are you um, from Florida? I am from Florida. Oh, so am I. How funny. What, what part? <laughs> um, well, like Ocala, Central Florida. Like, I'm from Tallahassee, so not too oh far my away. So, <laughs> how funny. Bella, Florida person. Yay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So hello, fellow Floridian. Um, and yeah, I uh, got my professional career started as an opera singer. So for the first 10 years of my professional life, I was performing all over the place um, in some of the greatest halls of this, you know, entire country to all over Europe and Australia and all over the place. And I adored singing so much, but um, it was one of those things where I realized shortly down the line that this wasn't going to be the long-term place that I found my greatest happiness or that used all of my different zones of genius. Like Mm -hmm. I love working with multi-passionate people and I am the definition of someone who has like 17 different interests um, that, you know, I want to do all at the same time. So because of the career, it being so rigorously about Mm -hmm. kind of just all in, you know, being a musician, I stepped away and started coaching. Actually, I hired a coach because I was reaching this kind of dead end in my own personal passion for performing and fell in love with the coaching process, started my own coaching practice and the rest is history. I've just been kind of combining these loves of mine between music and create like working with creatives and coaching, you know, it's just been a journey. I love that. Well, and I think especially, you know, coming from a place where whatever it is that you've done for a certain amount of time. So having done like opera singing for Mm -hmm. so long, like having built a photography business, it's like, I feel like there naturally comes that point where you're like, okay, now how can I take everything that I have accumulated and learned and like help other people break some of those barriers that like, I know I also faced and I know I also had to deal with. And like, I feel like it's such a natural progression, but it's so fun when it's like, you can really like own your journey and like where you've been and then be able to use that as like helping other people. Truly, truly. And I, I know that you have done the same with your photography business and kind of come full circle coaching your, your creative entrepreneurs as well. And I tell you, it was so funny during, um, the first few years of my practice, I was the artist's coach. Like I only worked with classical musicians and the Mm -hmm. people that I had been in this community with for years and years. And then I just reached this point where, Um, I wanted to kind of explore and 2020, you know, bless us all for making it through. That was the year that I started, you know, all these business owners who had just the rug pulled out from under them in all Mm -hmm. these different industries started reaching out to me, asking for coaching. And I was like, 
imposter syndrome to the bone of like, wait, I only coach artists. What are you talking about? And I started coaching all of these, you know, corporate like CEO types and all the medical field people and all sorts of people who were just really needing support at the time. And it was such a cool learning experience to work with all these different kinds of leaders to come back to the creative entrepreneurs that are my home, you know, Mm -hmm. to bring all of these kind of the fact that everyone is struggling with all the same stuff, whether yeah. they're a professional, you know, artist or a photographer or, you know, own a company, whatever it is, like everybody is working on the same thing. And it yeah. was a cool lesson to learn along yeah. the way. Well, and a lot of it does come back to us. Like there are different things that might block people, like actual sure. things in their business, but like a lot of the times it comes back to like us. So it is really helping people like work through no matter what it is that they're actually trying to get through. It's like a lot of the times, like the stages of change, like all of that, like all of these things are things that like everybody has to go through. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, so then, well, I guess like, that's like, so that's so amazing. Did you like side note, personal, Mm. did you like grow up like singing? Like how did that happen? Didn't. Okay. So this is a funny story. I, um, grew up a total band nerd. I was through and through on the marching band, like just, you know, I played flute and I was very serious about it. And, uh, I knew that when I was approaching college, I would need to just apply for whatever kind of scholarships I possibly could to be able to, you know, go to the college that I wanted. And so I hired a voice teacher because I'd been in like the church choir kind of Mm -hmm. haphazardly throughout my life. And I hired this, um, you know, voice teacher a couple months before applications were due to just be like, can I like, can you help me put together like a couple songs to sing that are very beginner level, just something, just something. Cause I can sing. I just have never studied. And so can you help me? And so I submitted these CDs that were full of like these crazy, ridiculous flute solo pieces that were so hard. And I worked hours and hours and hours on them. And here was this CD of like, and back in the day of CDs, by the way, I'm dating myself. (laughs) Um, But then I had this CD of just like beginner songs that I submitted out of these places. And what rocked my entire world was that three different colleges came back with full ride scholarships for my voice. And it was literally like an identity crisis right then and there of like, what are they talking about? Like, I've literally, I don't know what you're talking about. And so that was the beginning of a ton of personal growth for me because I was just like, who, they see something I don't see in me or that I knew was like that kind of a skill level. And so I wrestled with that for a really long time and didn't really want to be a professional musician for until much later. And then finally I was just like, all right. I literally don't know what life looks like without singing. So fine, I'll do it. <laughs> That's so amazing. Yeah. I love that. Like, cause it's usually like at that point, you're like, like you said, you, your plan was like, okay, I know what I'm going for. How do yeah. I do it? And now it's kind of like, oh, now I'm like starting fresh. Like yeah. this is like new. I wasn't totally. expecting that. So, yes. oh, how exciting. And now. also I must say, I have a, a very, very strong, like, love relationship for photographers, especially because singers and photographers, especially like opera singers who have to get their headshots and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, some of my best friends are photographers. So I just must give a shout out that I <laughs> adore you people. Oh yeah. I mean, any <laughs> capture people's space, essence in like yeah. such a beautiful way. 
And it's a lot of it, any sort of creative art, right? A lot of it is kind of subjective, like depending, I mean, it's like, and so we just wrestle. I'm sure singing is the same way you wrestle. Like you said, like someone sees something and you're over here like, wait, what? what?" Yeah. 100%. Oh, I love that. Um, so actually I want to dive into this quick question. Um, I love asking my guests this. So what do you feel like in your business? Like what three to five things do you feel like have been really transformational for you? So these can be like actual strategies, things like setting up marketing things or like automations, working with a coach, or they could be really non-tangible things like, you know, um, practicing self-care, like continuing to show up when things felt challenging or like figuring out your values and like living by your values. Um, I'd love to hear like what few things do you feel like have really moved the needle or helped to been the most transformational for you? Hey friends, I want to make sure you know about my upcoming free workshop, Seasons of Growth. This workshop is going to be super valuable to photographers that want to learn how to maintain a thriving photography business in the midst of the slower seasons. I know how frustrating it can feel when inquiries aren't coming in, especially when you see other photographers booking out their sessions consistently. This workshop is going to be classroom style and super interactive, meaning that you're going to get real-time coaching from me on how you can create more momentum and visibility inside your business, meaning more inquiries coming in and more booked clients. These are the same strategies that I've used to help my one-to-one clients book more sessions, and I'm bringing them all to you during the workshop. You can learn more and save your spot by visiting heykristamarie.com forward slash workshop. I can't wait to see you there. Well, I... I tend to value personally a lot of the non-tangible things that you just mentioned, but to give a special shout out to like the more kind of strategic and external things to me, um, having, uh, I know photographers can tend to hire like a a second shooter and stuff to like help kind of with the task. But Mm -hmm. for me, hiring an assistant, like someone helps helping me work on the business, not just in the business was such a radical turning point in my business, especially hiring the right person. I went through a couple of assistants before I found somebody that was really like a values fit plus had the skills that I wanted, but having an assistant to help work on the business, I feel like I, encounter, I have a few, um, photographer clients who really, really wrestle with like the, um, that just the amount of work that it takes to, you know, like not only have the photo shoots and arrange all the stuff, but then in the editing phase and the delivery and all the things that to have somebody to hand things off to, um, it totally opened up a new level of just freedom to me Mm -hmm. to be able to like fall back in love with my business. Cause when we're doing it completely as a solopreneur, Oh, like we're, I mean, that's part of the multi-passionate excitement, right? We get to wear so many hats and we get to do so many different things and every day looks different, but at the same time, it can be like burning the candle at both ends until you just, you know, resent the hell out of your business. So Mm -hmm. that was one thing. Um, the, and then switching over and putting my coach hat on for like the, the non-tangibles. I think, um, a couple things came to mind when I started to think about, um, so I have a program called the powerhouse entrepreneur program. And I named it that because something my entire life, people have called me as a powerhouse. Like they're like, Ellen, you're a powerhouse. Like, just like, that's just something people threw out. Like it wasn't, it ain't no thing. Like, it's yeah. just like, you're a powerhouse. 
So I started to think about like, what is it that makes me other than just like innately the essence of who I am makes me this kind of person? Like, what is the thing that's made me successful in the different, very different, you know, pursuits that I've gone, you know, in the roads I've traveled, what has made me that kind of unstoppable force? And I would say the thing that um, most people wouldn't necessarily expect is that the the careers and the things that I have invested my time and like passions into have been the ultimate accountability source for me to take care of myself. And by that, I mean, like I started as a singer mm-hmm. and in order to perform, if I was sick, I couldn't perform. Right. So I had this very, very strong accountability structure for me to take care of my health. I was like, all right, I can't get sick. So I need to sleep well. I need to eat well. I need to figure out how to take, you know, a well-being routine for my body. Mm -hmm. And then as I ventured into coaching, the demands changed where not only did I need physical well-being, but I needed like mental and emotional Mm -hmm. well-being where I needed to feel like I could show up for other people in a really deep and impactful way. And so I think by having these kind of external sources of accountability for me to take care of myself, it's always been this really strong roots in, if I don't take care of myself, I can't do my job. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I think that we can even like any, because if, even if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, well, I'm not a coach. Like, I think that anyone can pull from that because at the end of the day, it's like, you're still investing in clients. You still want to be able to show up for people. And it's like being able to know yourself well enough to know, like that means, you know, it's like, it, it just adds that little bit of extra accountability of like what you're saying, like the things that I do matter and like the way that I show up matters. And so like, I'm going to yeah. make sure that I take care of myself in a way that I can still be beneficial people that I'm serving. Yeah. I've never been a photographer, but I just can totally imagine that the demand is to be creative, to be a people person, to like manage the energy of like brides or whatever event you're managing, yeah. you know, like you are, there's a lot being demanded of you in any of those positions. And so for us to be able to like relate as humans in those circumstances to like have inspiration, to be able to like invent in the moment what, where the shot is and all that kind of stuff. I imagine it's the same stuff Mm -hmm. that like the sharper our minds are, the more well-rested we are, all of those kinds of things are going to have a really positive impact on the result that we generate in the product that we deliver, yeah. you know? And I think, and I'd love to hear too, kind of diving into our main topic for today of like kind of mm-hmm. this like CEO care and taking care of ourselves, yeah. both personally and business. Cause I think that that also translates over into um, like making sure that our physical health is there, but then also like our mental health. And so I'd be mm-hmm. curious to hear like, and you probably experienced this too, when not having thought that you were going to be a singer for the majority of your yeah. life and then going into this pretty competitive like space of like, performing and doing all this stuff, like it's really easy to kind of go down that rabbit hole of like comparing yourself and like all of this stuff. So I'd love to hear kind of just like some of your favorite ways that you can help kind of that mental, emotional, um, taking care of making sure that we're not like spiraling, going down that rabbit hole of just like, you know, the negativity. Yeah, for sure. Gosh. Okay. Um, I feel like this is a topic that I, I know. Could, like write a book on. So I'm going to do my absolute best to not word vomit my way through the rest of this. But so one of the like foundational beliefs that I 
have in my like personal life, my professional life, all of it is that in order for us to raise the ceiling on our lives, meaning like just have the capacity to have really successful businesses as well as really joyful and peaceful and like connected lives with our families and friends and hobbies and all the things that in order to raise the ceiling, we have to first raise the floor or at least simultaneously raise Mm -hmm. the floor. Because if we're just, if you imagine like someone trying to like stretch their arms up as high as they possibly can to hold the ceilings, our arm strength isn't going to last as long if we don't have the rest of our like body supporting us. So the higher the floor, the higher the ceiling. And to me, the floor is this, especially mental and emotional well-being. I struggled with a lot of um, digestive issues, sleep issues. Like I had all these kinds of things that all came down to, at the end of the day, my mindset. Like I had all these doctors prescribing me medications. I had all these special diets. I had all these different things that were what was wrong with me back when I was a singer that were, you know, kind of addressing the symptoms and not the cause. And the cause was how I handled stress. I was always stressed just to the nines, you know? And so handling mental health and my well-being, and I also just am an, I have anxiety, like I have a therapist and I work on that and it's very much a part of my life for probably forever and always. And, um, yeah, I think it's, first of all, having, I mean, support, like the right kind of support, like a coach, uh, a real, like a great coach and a therapist. I think you can take over. Oh, the absolutely. Like, honestly, yeah. like if you have those two people in your yeah. corner, the right kind of a therapist and like your amazing coach, like you can do yeah. anything. I really, really believe that. Um, because as a verbal processor and as somebody who needs, um, and has big feelings and has lots of needs and whatever. Like, I don't know if that is just me no, or me I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I like feel a yeah. lot. I have a really high spectrum of like joy and sadness or like, you know, elation and anger and all of this stuff in between. And if I didn't have kind of a place to unload it and look at it and grow from it, I don't think I would be where I am. Um, so part of it is the support thing that just not thinking that, Oh, I'm just going to pick up this next journal practice and read this other book and do all, Mm -hmm. you know, like, let me just try all these DIY ways to take care of myself. That was me for a really, really long time. And to some extent there was growth, but just night and day between having someone in my corner, a professional here to like, listen to me and support me. That's like literally at the core of everything. That's high. That's number one on my Well, and I think that it's so important because it's really easy for us to add to our to-do list, even when it's like the good stuff, like the stuff that all your intentions for doing it is like all very good. You can journal, you can read a book, you can take a bath, but like if you're not really giving yourself space to actually like process, like to actually like feel all the things, like check in with yourself, like all of those things, which are harder to do. Like it's easier to yeah. add to the list of yeah. like, Oh, I'm going to do all these self-care things. But if you're really not like getting mm-hmm. down to the root of it, which is exactly mm-hmm. what like your therapists, your like coaches, like they'll help you kind of make sure that you're giving space to figure out where all of those things are kind of coming from. Totally. <laughs> Cause it's like, it's totally. Really- and I know your audience is No, just like, if you're not really processing it, you're just not, you're just kind of prolonging like everything. Yeah. Operating on top of it. You know, I feel like, um, the, I know your audience is full of like high achievers. And I think that's such a common 
like attribute that we turn our, our self-care into mm-hmm. yet another like yeah. to-do list, you know, like it's just like more boxes mm-hmm. to check, more things to take care of, just another thing on my plate. And so then when we're, you know, working out or we're going for that walk or we're taking the bubble bath, we're still like we're, thinking about yeah. the email we need to send. Yeah. yeah. Like, or like thinking about something else we need to be doing and feeling guilty that we're not just doing that totally. instead of taking this yeah. bubble bath. It's right funny. Now. I actually just had a conversation. My coach, my coach was on my podcast. Mm-hmm. I just recorded it. It hasn't oh, been awesome. re- actually it just got released today. Hey, um, anyway, oh, nice. long story short. Um, when I asked her about something, it's been transformational for her. It was funny because she was like, actually it's non-work related and it's like giving myself space to like read like um, psychological thrillers or like watch the shows that I like on Netflix. And I told her the story about how like she actually kind of got me onto that because for years I'd only ever, if I was going to read something, it better be personal development because otherwise in my head, I'm like, it's a waste no. of time. Like I, why am I yep. bothering? But yep. then exactly what you said, I was like going for a walk and I put on this podcast of like business building, whatever. And it was all about mm-hmm. I'm like even blanking on what it was, but I remember listening to this podcast and being like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. And then now I'm taking out notes by the end of the walk. I felt behind because I needed to start and like do this whole thing. And I'm like, I literally just took my time where I was supposed to be like unwinding. And now I've added like eight things to my like business roadmap for this year. And I realized I was like, oh (laughs) yeah, no, this isn't going to work. And it was like that realization of like, sometimes your intentions are really good to add these things to your list. But it's like, now I'm like, whenever I'm in the car, like I put on like a psychological thriller audiobook and I like binge it in like two and a half, three days. And at the end of it, I'm like, oh man, that was so good. And I feel like better. And I mean, not that I'm saying that that should not come in replacement to a therapist or like coaching, but I think it's like, it's understanding that like, we need all of these things and we can't just focus on the business. Hey there, just interrupting briefly to mention that if you're really enjoying this episode, you'll probably also love being on my email list. Each week I send out tips and resources and inspiration to make building your business feel more fun. We dive deeper into the podcast episodes, we share relatable and sometimes embarrassing stories about the real life behind the scenes of being a business owner, and I love to share tips and resources to help make the journey feel a little easier and a little bit more enjoyable. So head on over to kristamarielynch.com and enter in your info to join. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's on my list of like daily well-being practices are like read fiction, like sing a song, (laughs) like, uh, I don't know, like meditate, of course, like those kinds of things factor in, but the things that are going to inspire me, like as long as I'm staying inspired and like happy in my life, then I can show up to my business from like a, you know, a way that this gets to be another place that I play and express myself and like get what I want, you know, all the things. But if it's like this business is everything to me and I have to just be like, like this, like soul sucking, if I turn my business into a soul sucking machine, it's going to do exactly that. And so having these, I just had the same realization you just said about reading fiction again. Like, I'm like, why do I keep trying to only prioritize reading these personal development books or professional development yeah. books? Like I'm going to go read a fantasy series. And yeah. so I picked up Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson and I'm very excited. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Sometimes you just need that. And I mean, I love, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love personal development books, but I also being a personal development junkie, I've read a lot yeah. of books and you do kind of get to a point where you're like, 
they all kind of say a lot of the same Mm. stuff. So I kind of realized I'm like, why don't I just like branch out a little bit and like, and I actually feel like as a creative, it actually does help me. Like I I have always talked about like creative visualization and I feel like especially audiobooks for me, because it like kind of forces you to like, I'm like thinking about like, you know, they're like describing this stuff and I'm like, I'm using my brain in a creative way that I don't do when I'm doing like business stuff or like task oriented stuff. And so low key, I'm also like, actually, I'm kind of like helping my creativity because I'm doing things that are actually making my brain work in like creative, Mm -hmm. fun, Mm -hmm. non-stressful ways. So it like kind of helps to build that muscle a little bit more too. But also I just really like the book. Absolutely. And that's one thing I also, when we talk about like ways to stay inspired and creative and all that kind of stuff. I kind of keep an eye on how much am I consuming versus creating? Because I feel Mm. like sometimes in my self-care routine, I can just fall into this trap of like consume, 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 consume. And then I just feel like overfilled, overstuffed. There's so many thoughts in my head. There's so much to do. Like just what you said with your walk, like there's something inspires Mm -hmm. another thing to add to the do list. And then it's just this never ending kind of machine. Whereas like as a creative, I need, I don't know if everybody needs this, but I need to create things in outside of my business. Like my business is totally a source of my creativity. Yes. I get to be creative over there, but like designing, you know, I love interior design. I love like going down a rabbit hole on Pinterest and not only consuming Pinterest, but then going and doing something with that passion and singing, like listening to music, of course, a great, amazing pastime that gives me a lot of inspiration, but then going and actually singing and doing the thing, you know, I think that's a really important part of at least my own experience of self-care that I have to create as much as I'm consuming or like at least pay attention to the balance of it. Yeah. And I think an interesting thing, which I don't know if you felt this, and this is like kind of a funny example, but like, for example, there was a short stint in my life where I was like really into like thrift store finds and then like making it my Mm -hmm. own. Like I, and truthfully, I think that if I really just, well, first of all, I don't think my fiance would be thrilled with that (laughs) because I'd be cluttering our house with things. So it's probably good. But there was a short amount of time where I was like living by myself and I was like all into it. I was like, I'm going to go to the thrift store. And I found this like, you know, whatever it was like little wooden like thing for my bathroom. I came home, I painted it, like put the music on. And it was like, it sounds so silly, but I was a, I was so proud because I was like, look what I did. Like, and I am like, not, I can take pictures, but like, that's about the creative extent of me. Like I am not like a, I can't just like go out. I'm not very artistic Mm -hmm. in that sense. So I was like very proud. I like repainted this thing. And I think in a small sense, when we allow ourselves to be creative, whatever that looks like for you, when you can like kind of express that, I feel like you also like you add a little bit to your confidence bucket, even if it's completely unrelated, like painting stuff and putting it in my house is like completely unrelated from what I do as a job. But it was like, but being able to do that and feeling that sense of accomplishment and you add that little bit of confidence to yourself. And it's like, it helps just like strengthen that muscle just a little bit for like your just general life. I couldn't agree more. I think that it just for some reason, us creatives, like even if we suck at it, like, especially when we suck at it, there's like permission, you know, like there's just permission to access like sucking and enjoying it at the same time. And even if it turns out weird looking, like 
the process is fulfilling at the same time. Yeah. So having something and the fact that you not let very- yourself have the space to do it. Yeah. Cause I think so much we think like, Oh, well, this isn't helpful. This isn't helping me get anywhere. Right. So like, I'm not going to do right. it. And it's like when we give ourselves permission to do the things, even when it's just for fun yeah. and like not business building. Yeah. yeah. Productivity is a disease. I feel like, so yeah. like trying to break up with this idea that everything has to be productive. Also a game changer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm. I actually just had a conversation earlier where I was talking about how, cause I came from working full time in like the corporate world mm. for nine years while I build my photography business. Mm-hmm. And what I ended up carrying over a lot once I became a full-time business owner was that, that productivity. I mean, cause like when you work for a corporate job, it's like, it's hustle, it's fast. It's like, get this done, do this deadlines, timelines, right? Like all this stuff. And I, had a very hard time for a long time separating that from my business. So what that ended up looking like and what I'm still trying to learn how to juggle is like, I'm actually, my my whole goal this month is to not make number goals because for so long I've made number goals, certain goals, all this stuff. But then when I start to go chase those goals, my brain goes to like all of the ways that I could make this goal happen. And then all of a sudden I'm burnt out and trying to do all the things. And all of this to say that like, we, we kind of come from this, like, I need to be overly productive. I need to get everything done right now. And it's like, what if instead we just focused on like, how do I want to show up today? Like, who do I want to be? Like, what do I want to spend my time doing? Like, I want to read fiction for a little bit, like, and that's something I'm going to let myself do today. Like, instead of focusing so much on how productive we are, it's like, how fulfilled are you today? Amen. Yes. Yeah. The, I'm with you on the numbers as measurements thing. Like I have had to, in my own personal projects, I have had to take a lot of the traditional metrics out of my end results. Like I've, to be honest, like I've had a multi six figure business, which I'm very proud of for the last few years. It was a really big change in my, in my like relationship with my business, lots of breakthroughs, but to get to the six figure mark, I feel like is a really normal and natural part of like entrepreneurs and setting goals and like wanting to just like, I don't know, reach that number. Yeah. But then, um, that number and even just having that number as a goal can be like just riddled with booby traps, you know? And then like, same (laughs) thing with me, like maintaining that number or whatever, Mm -hmm. it just, it doesn't pay to focus on the measurement of success when to me, I want to think of it, these projects as like, what, how do these express who I am? You know, like how can this business be an expression of the leader that I am in my coaching space or in the artist world or in, you know, my family or whatever it is, like, how can these be expressions of me rather than measurements of me has Mm -hmm. made most of my metrics like measured in these more intangible, um, experiential feelings based things. That's like, if I'm feeling this way, this way, and this way inside of my business or in this other, you know, in my fitness, gosh, me and fitness have uh, <laughs> like hitting that's some goal ending. weight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, never ending. Hitting some goal weight was always just like, a, if you want to watch me bang my head against a wall for a while, watch me set a project around hitting a goal yep. weight. So like having an, like identifying what the feeling and experience and who I get to be while I'm on that journey, you know, to that thing has been so rewarding. And although it's, it's frustrating to my achiever mind of like, wait, but Mm -hmm. you know, I don't understand. How do I measure that? It's, it's worth the struggle, you know? 
Totally. Yeah. And I know I love that. And because I think that it also becomes really easy when we're so focused on numbers, like as a business owner in general, it's like when we get really focused on numbers in business, immediately we it's like, oh, you book a client, but now you're like, okay, like, yeah. but I need to book my next client. It's like, we're, we, we get so focused on like, like you said, like, how do I, okay, I hit six yeah. years, but now how do I maintain it? It's like you, and then you kind of lose sight of like, why you're actually really yep. even doing business in the first place. Um, and that was a big thing that was a shift for me too, was that, and I, I don't know if it's because I had gone from working full time and growing my business on the side. So I felt like I had something like to prove almost like, especially while I was working full time, it was almost this idea of like, Oh, I'm not a full-time business mm-hmm. owner. So like, I'm not like a real business owner type thing. So I almost felt totally. like I needed to like overachieve to like yeah. prove to people. I mean, the things that we tell ourselves, the stories we tell ourselves in our head is mind boggling. But when I made that shift of like away from the numbers and into like, what if I took all of this energy and like poured it right back into each of my clients? Like, what if I like, didn't care if I didn't book anymore? You know what I mean? It's like when you get focused on that and then things naturally organically just happen and grow without you like focusing on it. It's like, it's a big energetic shift, but it's hard. We have to like very intentionally turn that on because our brain just immediately, I feel like goes to just like numbers, money, like that fear, like, am I going to make enough? Am I going to have this? Totally. And I love that you, you like offered it kind of like, how do I actually pour it right back into my clients? Because in a counterintuitive way, but also extremely logical, like the greater the client experience is the more likely they are to refer people right. to you <laughs> and do write reviews about you online and to do all yeah, those things. And like talk about you all the time and like all these yeah, things. go above and beyond because you yeah. did. But if you're like so strapped and stressed that you're like over here trying to book 17 more gigs on top of what you just did, then they're not going to have much to say. They're going to be like, thanks for doing a great job. And And then then that's it. The end. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's so interesting to me. It's like it, there are some times of it where it feels like it's really easy. Honestly, the really hard part is getting out of our heads. I feel like is like taking a step back, getting out of our own heads in our business and just like going back to the basics of like, what do I actually need to do to run a business? Let's just do that. Like, let's not, yeah. but that's easier said than done. I mean, I'm like definitely a shiny object chaser. I mean, I have bought every totally. single educational course someone has ever offered me. I mean, like I am all consuming. <laughs> when you talked about like, um, overconsumption, that very much spoke to me because there were, I think a lot of seasons where I, just consumed, consumed, consumed. I need to learn this. I need to learn this sales thing. I need to learn this marketing thing. Not actually thinking about, do I actually need this in my business? Just out of this feeling like I just needed to learn and consume. And then finally getting to the point where I'm like, I already intuitively know what to do. I'm just too afraid Mm -hmm. to actually Mm -hmm. do it. Amen to that. Yeah. I think uh, going back to kind of the mental health aspect of it all, like for me, the in those moments where I'm deeply in my head, deeply in that automatic pattern of just like hustle, figure it out, do more, like all of that kind of stuff. I, I've sat down like my, a regular practice that I've now established that took so long to actually start doing. I talked about doing it with my coach for years before I actually sat down and did it, but having a conversation, this might be kind of wild and wacky and woo woo, but having a conversation with my inner child is a thing that has, Oh yeah. It's a therapy and coaching kind of crossover of like, so I'm Ellen and my little girl self is Ellie. Like I'll sit down and write a little letter Mm -hmm. to Ellie and be like, girlfriend, what's going on? Like, why are you in a panic about like 
you know, overperforming. And that's where my perfectionism was born when I was a little girl trying to be a good girl and do all the things and, you know, all the, whatever, all the different sources of that. And I just address like the original trigger whenever it shows up, I'm like, okay, something has been activated. What is this little girl in me need? Most of the time, it's not like 17 extracurricular activities after school to like keep me spinning in my head, but actually she needs a hug and she needs to sit down and like be with people that she loves and go outside and breathe the air and play. And you know what I mean? Like, and just reconnecting to that version of myself that's still a part of me has always, has now become like the ultimate pattern interrupt when something is like, Mm -hmm. I'm just spinning into that like way of being. That's just like that achiever thing, having a little conversation with Ellie she and I have a, have a rapport now where it's like, what's going on, dear? What's going on? Yeah. I love that. I think one of the best practices, like coach, you mentioned kind of at the intersection of like, it's a little bit of coaching, but it's, it is also still like a little mm-hmm. bit of therapy because you, it is oftentimes coming from something right. that we've dealt with yeah. in the past. But like, I think it's such a strong practice to be able to take parts of yourself. Cause like we we're so much more emotive and can like understand and be sympathetic towards like other people. So when we can take that practice, like, but remember that that's like also Mm -hmm. you, like there are different parts of you. Like there's like the inner child, there's like the inner Mm -hmm. critic where that's like one of my favorite ones to use. Cause I'm like, well, it's me, but it's like, not me. Like, it's like, but like starting to understand that there's like, we are multifaceted people. Like we're not just like Mm -hmm one blob of being (laughs) that just like operates. It's like, there's all these different things, but I think it's so much easier to understand when you can like kind of separate things a little bit, but understand that like all of this is like still a part of like me as a person. Yeah. I mean, that's, I would assume the definition of healing, you know, like taking all of these parts that are some more disjunct than others, some more detached or attached or whatever, and just like finding ways to unify them into one blob again, <laughs> like where they all work together to make life yeah. better rather than being competing voices in our heads, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Well, I feel like this conversation right? is so great. I, but I also want to make sure, is there any, um, like for anyone listening, that's kind of like, yeah, like I feel like I could probably take a little bit better care like of myself? Like, do you have any like tips or anything that you can offer for someone who kind of feels like they're in that space of like, I feel like I should probably put a little bit more effort into this, but like, I'm not really Mm -hmm. sure what I should do. Well, one kind of easy access point that to me always shakes open something is looking at how I'm using my time. Like to me, like time management is mind management actually. So Mm -hmm. like if we were looking at our schedule in general, like whether we, you know, look at the daily, the weekly or the monthly to me, sitting down and looking at my schedule and designing without looking at like the real stuff, what is my actual ideal daily, weekly and monthly schedule? Mm -hmm. Like without looking at anything that's actually required of me this week or this month, what's my ideal. And then looking at what's real and like, what's kind of expected of me or needed of me in the coming weeks. And how can I find the yes and in those things or the both and of like, okay, I really thrive best during these hours for work. And I really want to prioritize this, you know, self-care in the morning to me, we don't need to go over morning routines are a really helpful thing. (laughs) I'm sure everybody on the planet knows morning routines are a thing. So like, 
finding some time for yourself in the morning and putting that on the calendar and like having an ideal rough schedule to me, it just, number one, it kind of grounds me to have a morning routine, whether it looks the same every day or not. Like I'm not a real routine oriented person. I really like mixing it up and trying different things morning to morning. So just having that time to me in the morning is important. And then knowing when my brain works well and when I need a break and those kinds of things. And when I like to work on my business versus, you know, my social media, like emails and things versus when are my creative thought times where I can write social media posts versus when I need a break and I need to go sing or walk or do something else, like to have kind of an ideal, you know, vision of what, how I'm using my time and how it's really going to fill me up to me is a really great starting place. Mm-hmm. I second that very much. Yeah. I love that. Well, this has been so good. Um, is there anything? So I always love to ask, like, what are a couple of things that either like one to two things that you wish maybe someone would have told you when you were first starting off in your business, or they could even be things that you're like, you know what, recently I relearned kind of the importance of, um, you know, some of these like more basic things, but is there anything like for anyone in their first one to two years, you'd be like, try to keep in mind like this and this. Hmm. Um, I think the thing that's at front of mind at this moment in my business, I feel like if you ask me on any given day, I might give you a totally yeah, different answer, but today, um, I tend to be kind of like a, like put my head down and go kind of a person. Like I'm kind of a solo flyer often in life. And it has been a totally different life for me and business for me when I started create actively creating a community around me of people that I really enjoyed being with who are fellow mm-hmm. coaches or just business owners or even artists and just people who do things that I'm interested in, even hobby groups, like being parts of community to me, especially in person again, now that COVID is kind of coming to a close, hopefully knock yeah. on wood, um, the <laughs> community aspect to me is something that brings me back to myself. And it's the thing that I forget probably the easiest. I'll sit down in my office, I'll get clunking away, Mm -hmm. I'll be doing my thing and I'll just totally space out and forget that human connection is one of the most like soul filling (laughs) things that I can do. Yeah. And so finding ways to have community, whether it's virtually, like I have, I created this past year, a little, um, like kind of way to give back plus have community where I asked a few coach friends of mine, Hey, what if we met every other week, talked about our businesses, talked about what's going on. And as our like kind of buy-in energetically to the group, we donate to this, you know, this, uh, charity. And so all of our buy-in is donating to this charity. Nobody's like making any profit out of this. We're just like coming together and making a donation together. And then we're here to support each other. And to me, that has nothing to do with my business. I'm not benefiting from it from financially at all, but it's one of the things I look forward to the most every other week where I get to go talk to these people that fill me up. And I, we laugh together. We cry together. We just talk bitch together and talk about like whatever we want. Um, all the way from that to, you know, a fitness club or a reading a book club or something like that. Just like being with people to me is a really, it's a no brainer. It makes total sense. Everybody talks about community, but it's the thing I forget about all the time. Yeah. But I think that, or, and something related to that though, is like, especially when you're first starting out, being okay with knowing that you need support and like knowing that your business is legit enough to ask for support. Cause I think a lot of things I hear, um, 
and kind of similar to what you were just saying about community, but it's like almost that next step when I think where Mm -hmm. you were going when you were Mm -hmm. saying like getting support is like a lot of people in the beginning, a lot of business owners I've spoken to, like, you know, a lot of them are like working other jobs and they like, don't feel like they're like, oh, I'm not making enough to like get a coach or I'm not making enough to do this. And it's like, your business is legit. And like, if, like, if you're fully invested in this, like emotionally, Mm -hmm. like, this is a legit yes. thing that like you should nurture and yes. grow and like get support yes. and like get help. So I mean, it's like, yeah, community plus. <laughs> yes. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think maybe if my, if I were to offer a second tip, that's exactly that point. It's that, um, investing forward, you know, I think, feel like that's kind of like a normal term in the business world of like, you want to spend money to make money or whatever that yeah. thing is, but like yeah. investing in the kind of support that you need at the full time practice or like the full-time photography, you know, business that you want, you need to get the support that you need in order to have that rather than the other way around where you just like build this business and then get the support that you need to run it. So to me, it's always this kind of mind game, even with myself, like at whatever level I'm trying to expand to, I have to look at my money, especially Um, and like, I've read profit first. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes. I love profit profit first, (laughs) but like sometimes I'll get in, in my head about like, okay, well, if I I can't invest in this coach or in this other thing that I want to buy, because then I'm going to be kind of too spending too much in my business. But if I zoom out and look at like, if I actually fulfill this goal, this is actually like underspending at the, at the end of the line, um, in, you know, profit and all that kind of stuff. So investing forward, investing in the support that you need at that next level before you're there is like, if you're struggling with imposter syndrome or like, I'm not making enough to justify this, like this expense is actually going to be the the step that takes you to that next level. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's the catalyst. Totally. And just remembering that like, it'll never feel easy to spend no, money. It doesn't no. matter how much money you've made in your oh, business, God, because no. when you're investing in that next yeah. level, it's always going to feel like it's scary oh, yeah. and it's a lot. So just like start accepting that from the <laughs> yeah. very beginning and be like, this is going to feel like it's too yeah. much, but it still feels like it's reach like in reach. So I just have to trust that like, this is going to be mm-hmm. the right thing for me to do. Amen. Yep. Oh, so good. Okay. Well, let us know how can we connect with you? Like, how can we learn more? Share all of the details. Absolutely. So I, as I've recently opened a kind of new wing of creativity in my own business as like content creator. And I, speaking of newbie and not feeling legit, I don't feel like a legit content creator (laughs) in the slightest, but I have an Instagram, I have a YouTube channel, Um, and I have a website. So if you frequent any, the internet or like social medias, you can find me at Ellen underscore Broen on Instagram. You can find me at Ellen Broen coaching on YouTube, or you can just look me up on uh, Google and you'll find my website. And I actually just shared a fun new quiz about like how to discover like what's in the way of your next breakthrough and how to like step into like, what is the next breakthrough for you as a person? Um, so I would love for you to go take it and let me know what your results are. And, um, I know Krista has an amazing quiz on her website too. So promo to all the quizzes. <laughs> quizzes are fun. They're they just, fun. they're just, I mean, but they are kind of insightful though, but they're just, they're also just really fun yes. to take. <laughs> Agreed. It's better than a Buzzfeed quiz, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> or just like another, you? or like, you could like yeah. <laughs> go deep dive your breakthrough, uh, you know. 
Totally. No, I love that. And I'll share the link. Um, I'll share how to connect with you, but I'll also share the link to your quiz in the show notes. So anyone who's interested, like pop on over, you can easily click on it, go right to the quiz and then figure out what's kind of what your next big breakthrough is going to be. Um, But thank you so much, Alan. This was so wonderful. Um, It was a joy. I feel like this conversation, I could have just talked to you for hours, but for the sake of everybody's time, we'll just go (laughs) keep it short. But thank you so much for joining us. you. Hey there, one last thing before you go, I would absolutely love if you left a review on iTunes. It's so much fun shouting out my listeners' reviews and takeaways on the podcast. And by leaving a review, you not only help me create more content that's relevant for you, but you also make it possible for other women business owners around the world to find the podcast too. I'm honestly so grateful that you decided to listen in today, and I can't wait to hear your takeaways from this episode.